0: Hello, welcome to Academy Days, a podcast of fiction stories for teen girls. I'm your host and author, Judith. Enjoy the story. Academy Days, Episode 13, Villette Hill. Carmen Oliver stopped her chair in the ECA lobby and peered through the foggy mist of rain outside to see if her mom had arrived yet. A bus pulled to the curb, but her mom's van wasn't in view. What else does your mom know how to make that Miss Mallory doesn't? She asked Ira, moving out of the way of the bus riders. I don't know. Why? Carmen pulled the hooded sweatshirt from her backpack. Oh, you know. Someone once told me that food talks, and I think we need to talk to Hope Mallory Sawyer. She tugged the sweatshirt over her head, avoiding any look of triumph that might be on Ira's face. But as soon as her head popped through the top of the hoodie, there was the grin that said he'd won an argument and knew it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that, he said, shoving his hands into his pockets. Wonder where? It sounds so witty and intelligent. Mickey Mouse, maybe? Carmen said. Ira shook his head. No, Einstein, definitely Einstein. Carmen spotted her mother's van and pulled her hood up over her hair. Baby Einstein, you mean, she said, and hit the automatic door button. Whoever the conceited soul was, see what you can do, Ira, you know. Talk to somebody who could talk to somebody else. We need a visit to Villette Hill. We don't have to know what that message means to do our history report, Ira said. And who says Hope Sawyer would know anything anyway? Carmen stopped in the open doorway, where rain misted in under the portico overhang. I just can't get away from it. It sounds so sad. Anyway, maybe the answer will affect our report more than we know. Ira caught the open door as it began to ease back towards Carmen. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Thanks, Ira, Carmen said, and passed into the pouring rain. Carmen's mom splashed around the van and grabbed the wheelchair as Carmen climbed into the van. The wind picked up and practically slammed Carmen's passenger door closed just as she pulled her foot into the vehicle. Mom catapulted into the driver's seat a minute later. Yuck! She swiped streams of water from her face with the arm of her sweater. Carmen rummaged in the glove box and found some brown restaurant napkins. Here, she said handing them over. I wish I didn't have to go back to work tonight, Mom said, as she finally pulled into the road and headed towards Riverside Trailer Park. I don't like driving in the rain at night, and you'll have to tend the buckets on your own. Carmen focused on stuffing the car manual and seventy other odds and ends back into the glove box. I'll be okay, she said. I know. Mom squinted as a truck roared past, "'sending up a swash of muddy wet. "'But you've been down lately "'and I wanted to be home tonight "'to help you study for that Spanish test. "'I think I've got it.' "'Okay. How's your ankle?' "'Fine. "'You have a physical therapy session Friday. "'Make sure to have your therapist check it out. "'Did you turn in your appointment note to Mrs. Cowan?' "'Yes.' "'Carmen adjusted her seat to recline slightly "'and closed her eyes.' How's the pain level in your joints? Carmen shrugged. Probably a three. She leaned forward and punched the radio button. A call-in show was on, complete with someone's muffled crying and sympathetic coos from the show host. Carmen flipped through the channels. How much have you been using your wheelchair at school these days? Mom asked. Sometimes I don't need it for a good part of the day, Carmen said. That's great. Mom turned onto the road that led along the river, a dull gray gash in the changing colors of fall. Carmen nodded, fiddling with the tuner dial. What's wrong, Carmen? Mom said, over the montage of rock, pop, and gospel. I can't find anything interesting, Carmen said. I mean, why aren't you talking to me? I'm answering all your questions. For a second, Carmen met her mom's eyes, then looked away. Mom blew out a breath. I'd rather a chat with my daughter than a one-sided inquisition. Carmen leaned back in her seat again, leaving some kind of modern synth score to slide through the speakers at weird musical angles. I could have played this on my keyboard when I was seven, mom mumbled, but she didn't change it. The music sank to an aimless drift under the pattern of the windshield wipers. Hours later, Carmen listened to the sound of water droplets falling into about half a dozen containers situated throughout the trailer. In the middle of conjugating a Spanish verb, she realized she was listening, straining to hear notes in the random pink and punk of droplets hitting metal and plastic. She squeezed her eyes shut against the constant indoor drizzle, and searched for a reason to smile. But she couldn't find one. Thursday evening, Carmen waited at the end of the sidewalk in front of her trailer. Flamingo lawn ornaments flanked her on either side, some with beaks raised, others with beaks lowered, two with necks arched to form a heart. Each flamingo stood on one leg as if it were an unquestioned flamingo life standard. Carmen hated them, hated that Ira was going to drive up her street and see them from a block away. It was bad enough that he had to see her neighborhood at all. She slung her jacket over the head of the nearest bird. There, she said. Be a coat rack. Something useful. Will you be back by six? Carmen's mom called from the trailer stoop. Carmen shrugged. Probably. Probably. Mom came down the sidewalk and removed the jacket from the flamingo. Poor Archie. Nana had named all the flamingos as if they were a real flock of pets. Mom insisted on remembering every single name. Carmen pointed at Archie. I think he's the ugliest one of them all. Look at his bulgy eye. Maybe he needs sunglasses. I'll look for some online. Mom, you wouldn't. Carmen snatched back her jacket and buried her face in it. I think I'm going to run away. Mom laughed. But I'm making beef empanadas for supper. Nana's recipe for beef turnovers was one of Carmen's favorites. She pulled her face out of her jacket and pushed strands of her black hair out of her eyes. Fine. I'll come home for supper and then run away. Deal. And invite Ira in to eat if you want. Carmen shrugged. We'll see. At the sound of a dull roar, Carmen looked up the street and spotted Ira's truck. So, he managed to get it started for once. Hopefully, it could climb Vallette Hill without stalling. She took a deep breath. Maybe Ira wouldn't notice the flamingos. He was oblivious about other things. Why not lawn ornaments? A moment later, He jumped out of the truck and came around to help Carmen's mom load the wheelchair into the back. Carmen took the few short steps to the truck and pulled open the passenger door. Ira was there in a second, helping her to climb up onto the high seat. Now, at eye level, Ira grinned at her. I never knew how many brothers and sisters you had. Do they always line up to see you off like this? Carmen rolled her eyes. What can I say? "'I'm well loved,' Ira laughed and shut the door. Fifteen minutes later, Ira drove up the zigzag road that wound through the neighborhood of Vallette Hill. Rain began to drip from the sky once more as Carmen took in the sights of affluence. The houses at the bottom of the incline sat in pretty rows, nice two stories with eight to ten front-facing windows and big front doors under tidy porches.' By the time Ira's truck revved around the final curve in the road, Carmen couldn't take her eyes off the houses they passed. Three stories tall, with columns, porches, gables, gated driveways, stone walls, and statuary. The houses were unbelievable when compared with the rectangular boxes Carmen and her neighbors lived in. "'Are you sure she said we could come?' Carmen asked. "'Are you sure she's Miss Mallory's great-aunt?' You read the newspaper article, too, Ira said. Hope Mallory married into the Sawyers of Sawyer Garments. And didn't you get all that Ancestry.com info I emailed you? Hope Mallory had a brother and two sisters. The sisters never had children, but the brother, Robert, I think, married a French woman, can't remember her name, but Robert and his wife moved back to France, where they had a family. Then... I don't know how you keep all of this stuff in your head, Carmen moaned, pulling a notebook out of her shoulder bag. Okay, here. Robert and his wife had a son, Garrett, and he is our Miss Mallory's dad and Mrs. Hope Sawyer's nephew. Carmen tapped the notebook. I bet all that French heritage is where Miss Mallory got her cooking skills. I love her cooking skills, Ira said. Carmen put the notebook away. Your mom and Miss Mallory talked to Mrs. Sawyer, Carmen said. You're sure she's okay with us coming. Ira glanced over at her as he pulled to a stop in front of a gate. Trust me, it's all good. He leaned out the window and spoke into a little speaker. A moment later, the gate opened, and he drove up the driveway and parked. Carmen opened her door and climbed down from the truck. She considered leaving her chair behind but the joints in her legs felt stiff and achy today. Are we going to just ring the doorbell? She asked as they went towards the front entrance. Ira gave her another look. Yes? Why are you so nervous about this? Carmen waved at the double doors with a fan window above. The light of a high chandelier glittered from inside, revealing the curve of a wide staircase. It's just not to my neighborhood. She's just a normal old lady, trust me. She gave my mom a candle that smelled like a funeral home for her birthday, and an ugly bird ornament for Christmas. Ira reached forward and touched the doorbell. A strum of chimes rolled and ebbed away. I just hope she doesn't think we're being nosy, Carmen said. A woman in a black skirt and white sweater opened the front door, "'and beckoned Ira and Carmen inside. "'You must be the son and friend Mrs. Winters requested Mrs. Sawyer to see. "'I'm Edie, the housekeeper. "'You're Ira?' "'She held out a hand to Ira. "'And you must be Carmen. "'Can you fit your chair through, or should I open the other door?' she asked. "'Carmen easily managed through the wide opening. "'She's in the solarium, the sunroom.' This way. Carmen let Ira go first and took a second to glance around the front hallway and into the open doorways on either side. Both led into spacious sitting rooms. Her whole trailer could have fit within the length of one of those rooms and the entry. The sunroom sat in semi-darkness. Huge pine trees blocked the sharpness of the lowering sun. An old woman, Mrs. Hope Mallory Sawyer, lay on a daybed, a knitted blanket over her legs. Turn on some lights, Edie. Good evening, Ira. Carmen. Make yourselves comfortable, Mrs. Sawyer said, her voice cracking, but soft. Carmen wheeled closer, and Ira settled into a wicker chair. Carmen wondered how a person was supposed to begin a conversation like this. After all, they were only there on a hunch that Mrs. Sawyer knew something about the attic. Mrs. Sawyer had married into the family who owned the garment factory, but that didn't mean she knew anything about a leftover sewing table or the message carved into it. Hungry? Mrs. Sawyer beckoned to Edie. Don't we have some cake, Edie? Some chocolate cake? And isn't there some ice cream in the freezer? You know there is because you put it on the shopping list, Edie said, even though you've been diabetic for twenty years. Mrs. Sawyer tucked her blanket more closely around her legs. Don't talk back, Edie. Edie rolled her eyes and left. She was offering them cake. That must mean she was nice. Still, Carmen hoped Ira would be the one to explain why they were here. I keep telling Philippa she ought to bring some of the students here and do a cooking class in my kitchen. You should see my kitchen. It's where Philippa cooks when she wants to feel especially inspired. Mrs. Sawyer held out a box of chocolates. Of something while you wait for the cake. Philippa? Miss Mallory's first name. Thank you, Carmen said, watching as Ira pulled the graph of chocolate flavors out of the box and studied it. She supposed it was up to her to get to the point. Mrs. Sawyer... "'Ira and I are doing a school project on the history of the E.C.A. building. "'We knew it used to be some kind of factory, "'but the other week we found out that it was actually once Sawyer Garments "'and owned by your father-in-law. "'We wondered if you could tell us a little more, "'you know, kind of an insider's viewpoint.' "'Mrs. Sawyer nodded slowly. "'Yes, Philippa told me you'd been up in the attic.' "'Carmen breathed a sigh of relief.' Asking about the message and why the attic was left locked in time would be less awkward now. Though Carmen wasn't sure she should bring up the increased salary recorded in the payroll ledger. "'Let me tell you one thing I learned from marrying into the Sawyer family,' Mrs. Sawyer sat up straight. "'Marriage ought to be based on love and mutual respect. You two remember that?' Everything else crumbles if love and respect don't hold it up. She stared hard at Carmen. You can tell yourself a lot of things. But if love isn't one of them, forget it. Carmen shifted. Well, so much for an easy conversation. She watched out of the corner of her eye as Ira slowly lowered the chocolate map. Take you two, for instance, Mrs. Sawyer said. Carmen froze. Only her eyes twitched, her gaze shifting back to Mrs. Sawyer. For a second, she couldn't quite breathe. Then she managed to rush. Oh, we're not a couple. Mrs. Sawyer shook her head. I was seventeen when I started going steady with Harvey Sawyer. I was married two years later. She smoothed the blanket again. He liked me because I was pretty and kind of stupid. "'Oh, Mrs. Sawyer!' Carmen reached out and patted the old lady's hand. "'You seem nice to me.' "'Well, he told me he'd give the girls at the factory a raise as a wedding present to me, and that he'd fix up the rooming houses where many of them boarded. He even told me he'd lowered the daily quota. And then he showed me his house. Oh, not this house. His house was down by the river.' with a rolling lawn and a boathouse. My eyes were full, and I thought I'd be doing the girls a favor to boot. Common really wished Ira would say something now. This was way too personal. Not at all what they would put into a school history report. How could they get back to the factory building? So, I married him, Mrs. Sawyer motioned with her hands palms up. And none of his promises for the girls were fulfilled. That's... Carmen searched for a word that wouldn't sound rude. Very difficult. She reached out and took Mrs. Sawyer's hand. But I doubt they hold it against you. I mean, it was so long ago. Mrs. Sawyer covered Carmen's hand with her own. Thank you, dear. She gazed out towards the towering pine trees. A tear slipped down her cheek. But two of those girls were my sisters. He moved them to another factory, another town. One of them died that winter because of poor nutrition and a cold boarding house. Carmen gulped. Okay, this was not going well. She glanced at Ira. He had a shell-shocked expression on his face and held the box of chocolates, the sides caving in under his grip. Carmen cleared her throat. Might as well get the whole story. And your other sister? she asked quietly. She forgave me? Carmen and Ira sighed in unison. After twenty years. Oh. The room fell quiet for a moment. You haven't asked me about the message carved into the sewing table. Listen, Mrs. Sawyer, you don't have to tell us anything you don't want to. We—I know, Mrs. Sawyer said. I want to tell you. Carmen nodded. Mrs. Sawyer still held on to her hand, and Carmen felt a pain in her spine increasing as she leaned towards the woman. I wrote that message, Mrs. Sawyer said. Gouged it into the wood, actually, the day before I signed the property over to the Eastern Christian Academy Board of Directors. And I told them to leave the attic like it was. The school was the only way I knew how to redeem the building that had caused me so much pain. The building where my folly began. So, it was Mrs. Sawyer who donated the building. It made sense that she'd want to take something bad and turn it into something good. Still, that message, Here is my sorrow, here is my penance, here is my school. Carmen bit her lip. Was Mrs. Sawyer hoping to find closure for her past in giving something like the factory building away? In doing penance? But here the woman was, still torn by what she'd done still hoping to be free of it. Carmen's mind throbbed, searching for the right thing to say, but even though she felt, deep down, that she knew the words Mrs. Sawyer needed to hear, something blocked them, kept her from speaking them. What was it? Thank you for listening to another episode of Academy Days. A shout-out to Riley Coyote and Hanny for their kind reviews of the show. Sorry if I didn't get your names right. Thanks so much, bye.